Thank you, Pastor Wilson, host committee, all of my colleagues in the gospel, those of you who bear in your body the marks of the Lord Jesus and who are willing to die for him, and all of you wonderful saints of God. I've had a lot of, uh, more than my share of privileges and honors uh, since I began preaching. I've preached everywhere from Cape Cod to Hickory Bend and from Timbuktu to Kalamazoo. And uh, I've preached uh, in big meetings and little meetings and well, Brother Wilson said it, I've, uh, I've had so many wonderful, wonderful opportunities and wonderful privileges. But uh, perhaps tonight I am uh, standing in a place of most honored privilege. I, I don't know how to express how deeply I feel about this posturing right now that I trust will be encased in the enveloping power of the Holy Ghost. I, uh, to stand in this pulpit where so many of my friends and colleagues and buddies and fellow servants have plowed deep furrows and planted gigantic seed and has produced magnificent harvest. It's just a thrill to belong. Just a thrill to belong. It's good to be in California. I used to call it my second home. We'd come in from overseas somewhere, broke as Job's turkey, and uh, they'd say, what are you gonna do? I said, we're going to California. Because we always come, stayed a month or two, and got well. Amen. And uh, I've had some wonderful memories that have flitted through my mind as I've uh, been here. Remember being in Aurora Grande one time years ago, and we were having a Holy Ghost gully washer that night, and uh, people getting the Holy Ghost and healed and delivered and set free. And, and there was this lady with uh, all kind of decorations on her, and she had all kind of paraphernalia on her, and she was just a rattling off in something I didn't understand. So uh, I uh, finally got everybody quieted down. I stuck the microphone in her mouth, and I said, what was you saying? She said, uh, Hail Mary. And I about dropped the microphone. Amen. It shows how in a tremendous meeting you can sure be out of sync with what's happening. Amen. I never was so flabbergasted in my life. Hail Mary, she said. Amen. Well, I was thinking more in the terms of Jesus, but amen. So there's a lot of wonderful memories here tonight. I've got to just take a moment to express myself about the man that just preached to you. Uh, Brother Keys literally mouthed the words that was in my heart. I just want some of that, a lot of that, to rub off on me. I don't know how much you know it, but you folks have just heard from God. That's right. 
I think you know it. I believe you do, but you just heard from God. Wayne Mitchell is one of the, if not the most, earnest, honest, candid, upfront, sincere, live what you preach, preachers, that there are, is in this world. And I pay deep respect to this great man. I'd have loved to have seen him just continued on tonight. And that's not stage talk. That's my heart. Amen. I was preaching for him one time and I got the flu. Got the flu. I know better than to take things that don't belong to you, but I got the flu. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, we were in a motel room, and uh, I got so sick that I told my family to call him, have him come pray for me. And he said, I'll be right there. So he came and talked to me a little bit, and then he started praying. And he didn't pray some little uh, liturgical prayer. He didn't pray some little uh, preconceived idea of what it would take to move God. He prayed, and 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 he prayed. And when he finally decided to stop, he said, how do you feel? I said, uh, well, I think I'm better. He said, that's not good enough. So he preached to me some more and started praying again. This went on for... I don't know, two or three hours. He'd stop and say, how do you feel? I said, I'm going to be all right. He said, yeah, but after a while, not now. And I said, yeah. He said, well, let's pray again. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. I never wanted anybody to leave so I could just get on with being sick. So bad in my life. He prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. By God, I just got well by default. No, I didn't. I got well because he prayed the prayer of faith for me. As a matter of fact, I told my wife a number of times, if I ever get sick unto death, if I ever get seriously sick, I want her to call Wayne Mitchell. And that's not stage talk either. I mean that. Here is a man that believes what he preaches. So it's just so great to be here tonight with all of you. Brother Price, Brother Cantrell, all of you great men of God, we pay respect to you. There have been times when I walked in the pulpit that I thought, because of how I felt, that I had it. that don't sound right to you, I just spit it out because that's what I mean. I thought I knew what to say. There have been times when I finished preaching, if there had been a button you could push and a trap door under me, I'd have taken it, no matter where it went. And I'm just going to be honest enough to tell you tonight, I don't know if I've got it or not. Uh, I'll ask you, or I'll tell you, after church. Better than that, I don't need to tell any of you, you'll know. 
But I am going to do what that kind letter on the table in that beautiful room provided for Faith and I said. Open your heart. That's what I'm going to do tonight. So would you let me read one verse? Exodus chapter 4. I never have had a sermon or a message that I uh, would not gladly relinquish to the Lord at any time he wanted the service. I have uh, cut my sermonic trains in two and uh, attached a caboose at most unusual places. And I hope the Holy Ghost will so invade this place tonight that I don't even begin to be able to finish my message. Amen. Would you like to hear from God? Verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. You may be seated. God bless you. I am not really good at uh, a lot of things, and one of them is giving titles to sermons. I really love Brother Mitchell's. I thought it was so great. And all these preachers that have preached, the only consolation I've got right now is that I'm number seven. Amen. And if I remember right, there's something perfect about that. And I only mean that from the standpoint of God and not me by any stretch of the imagination. <clears throat> but uh, I'm going to announce a subject that I can't believe I'm announcing. I'm going to preach tonight somewhere around the idea of a new look at our potential. Now, I will be honest with you, I never have been dishonest in the pulpit, and I'm not going to start now, not to my knowledge. I have uh, criticized and uh, felt bad at uh, preachers who I heard say, I'm taking a new look at whatever. It always scares the living daylights out of me to hear a preacher say, I'm taking a new look. I'm reconsidering. The reason I say that is for most basic, fundamental, practical, elementary things, I cannot conceive of a new look. And I think anybody who does is looking for some places to explain away something that has been precious to us. But I want to talk to you tonight about potential and take a fresh look at it in the light of where we're at at this point in time. I want to say in the outset our potential is geared and linked inseparably to his ability. 
Go run that one by you again. Our potential is inseparably linked to his ability. He said, and I believe it, without me, you can do nothing. And if you need a, a new version of nothing, it's not a thing. Without me, you don't even know whether you're washing or hanging out. Without me, you don't know whether you're coming or going. Without me, if you got there, you wouldn't know it, and if you missed it, you wouldn't know it. Without me, you can do nothing. But thank God there's a flip side to that coin. The flip side says, I can do all things. Somebody jump up and say hallelujah right now. Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. Now, when I say I'm connected up to him, I'm not just saying something that's um, uh, words or verbiage. When I say I'm connected up to him and this church is connected up to him, we're not just talking about some idle fantasy. We're not just talking about some exercise in futility or just some structure of words. Amen. Amen. Because in him is all the power, both in heaven and in earth. One day my God said, I think I'll make something. And so he reached down into the dust that he had already spoken into existence and got a big fistful of it and, and rolled it around and around and around until it became a ball. And uh, how big it was, I really don't know. It doesn't really matter because it was to take on dimensions beyond this uh, proportion anyhow. So he reached in into his uh, hip pocket and he pulled out a, a piece of fishing line and he stuck it in this. Uh, he stuck it in this ball and he mixed some stuff in it that was explosive in nature. And then he reached into his jeans and he pulled out a match and he went like this and he lit the fuse. And uh, you say, well, I didn't know it was that way. Well. How do you think it was? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. That's how I think it was. <laughs> Probably. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And uh, he lit the fuse. And, <laughs> and God said, I like that sound. So he just reared back and throwed it with all of his might into the heaven. And when the fuse burned away, boom. He said, that's great. You be the sun. <laughs> Amen. You be the sun. And you, you shine and shine and shine and shine. And God looked it, at it as the earth rotated around it two or three times. And finally he said, that's good. So as it came around again, he just reached up and broke a chunk off of it. And as the sun went that way, he flung this part this way. And he said, okay, you be the moon. And every time you uh, pass the sun, you pick up some, some, sun, uh, some light. And, uh, and you pick up some uh, uh, incandescence. And you, you shine over yonder while the sun's shining over here. I'm talking about the creative genius of my God with whom I am linked in this business of apostolic potential. Hallelujah. God said, I don't like the way things are going on in the earth. 
and he leaned over the battlements of glory and he saw uh, uh, things going on that he never intended to go on he saw no line of demarcation he saw no uh, uh, separation he saw no division and it all started so innocently one day uh, a handsome, dark-skinned, black-haired boy was at the post office getting his mail, and a beautiful, dark-haired, dark-skinned girl stepped in, and he raised an eyebrow as they passed, and he noted what time it was on his Timex, and it was a certain hour, so he said, I'll be here tomorrow to himself, and tomorrow he was there, and sure enough, she was there, and soon they had exchanged names and telephone numbers and, and vital information. It was as innocent as it could be. Just as innocent as it could be. One day he said, let's, are you in a hurry? She said, no. He said, let's go to the Dairy Queen. And she said, sounds all right to me. So they went over to the Dairy Queen. And the first day he got a coat and she got a coat and he got a straw and she got a straw. Amen. Three or four days later, they only got one stroke and two straws. One Coke and two straws. A few days later, if you could look in on them, they only had one Coke and one straw. And it wasn't long till wedding bells was ringing. Boom, 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 boom. And the descendant of Seth married the descendant of Cain. And thus the integration began. Until when God looked down, he said, I can't see any difference in anybody. Amen. But the one thing I do see is I see a flood. I see fountains open. I see heaven dropping its precipitation. I see the earth emitting its flood of waters. I see a big boat. And I see water rising. And I see a gangplank and I see a door. I believe I'll go down and personally shut that door. But not until two of a lot of species and seven each of a lot of species get in the ark and then the human species. And God said, I'll shut the door. So he shut the door. Amen. And some people said, I can't believe all of this. I mean, here's a man that's worked 120 years to build a boat and there's no place to put it. Here's a man that's got his animals all in there, stinking, rooting, grunting, grunting animals, all in that ark, and then took his family in there with him. Think of Mrs. Noah. Hey, man. Hey, man. And some folks standing by looking at the potential of that boat to float said, No way, Jose. Scratch one exercise in futility but the waters kept coming praise God it's the creative genius of my God with whom I am linked in potential with whom this church is linked in potential hallelujah for whom we can do all things and soon that giant white elephant or black elephant as the pitch would have it was gently positioning itself in the bosom of the mighty sea. Hallelujah. My God made the boat or gave a man the plans to make it.
my God sent the rain. My God had it all in control. And it's he that I am linked to inseparably tonight as it relates to the potential of the church. I'm nothing, but the church is. I'm minus zero, but the church isn't. Amen. I'm a negative, but the church is a positive. And I'm linked inseparably to him. Amen. He saw 70 people land in Egypt. But that's not all he saw. He saw three or four, five million coming out. Amen. Amen. What can these 70 people do? What's the potential of these 70 people? My God, what's going on here? Never mind. Just wait. Just watch. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. They got to the Red Sea and didn't know how to get across it. Amen. And Moses said, okay, give the orders to the uh, Corps of Engineers and, uh, and tell them to flow the pontoon bridge across this uh, great to vast uh, sea. And uh, so they got busy and, and uh, floated a pontoon bridge across the sea. And uh, he said, okay, come on, let's go. Let's get across. And when the last Israelite picked up his hind leg and put it over on the other side... Moses gave the command and his dive bombers went into action and swooped down over that to sea and blew it up and killed Pharaoh and his army. That's what a little boy said they taught him in Sunday school one day. And his mother said, son, was that exactly the way they said it was? He said, well, no, not exactly, but you wouldn't believe it the way they said it was. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they picked up until there was three, four, five, maybe even six million of them. I'm preaching tonight that at this PSR 91, the potential as we are linked with him is absolutely breathtaking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He saw a man in his ingenuity and in his omniscience he saw a man with his boy and a knife in his hand and the other hand around his throat and he watched him as he pulled back his hand and about that moment my God dropped the ram in the bushes and an angel stayed his hand and he said, don't do it. But that day when he looked at that man about to kill that boy, his eyes went way on beyond that. When on a hill far away, just outside the city limits of Jerusalem, thank God, a son who is the son of promise was to hang on a tree and pay the supreme price and undo the debt. Praise God. And here I stand on the platform of PSR 91 saying, I'm linked with him. I'm linked with him. Amen. Amen. He looked on down through the eons of time and he saw a woman, timid, bashful, inhibited, reserved. And he said, blessed art thou, Mary. Amen. His messenger said, you found favor with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For unto you is going to come the miraculous.
miraculous, immaculate conception. You're going to bear a son, and his name is going to be called Jesus, who is the express image of the invisible God, who is God manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. Amen. The God that said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The God that said, don't you know that I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and I'm in you. Amen. And don't you know that these works that I do greater than these shall you do because I go to my Father. I'm preaching tonight. I am inseparably linked to him by the miracle of the new birth. And by the mechanism of the church. Amen. I'm talking about the creative genius of my God. He looked down through the ages and he said, I think I'll build me a church. I think I'd like to have a church. Amen. He'd never had any certain dwelling place. He once dwelt in the bush that was on fire. He once dwelt in the cloud and the pillar. He once dwelt in an old badger skin tabernacle. And he once dwelt among the cherubims in the temple. Amen. And he once dwelt in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. But he said, the place I really want to live is in the hearts, in the lives. Amen. Of a people and ecclesia. Somebody that's my own. So he said, I'm now with you, but I shall be in you. How in the world is that going to be? A five foot, eight and a half inch Jew, weighed 175 or 80 pounds, we're told, going to get in you? Amen. Paul explained it and he said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I guess what I'm trying to say, and i got to hurry up, I won't get it said tonight. What I'm trying to say is he has entrusted this creative genius, this powerful might, this dynamic force, this energy of the spirit, the personification of himself. He has entrusted that into the hands of men and said that's your potential. I ask you, who built the boat? It was a man. Amen. Amen. I ask you, who was the leader of Israel in their exodus? It was a man. I've already told you the rest of the story, but uh, let me say it this way. Amen. Who was it killing a son that was to be the epitome of something greater? And who was the son? And what did he stand for? It was a man. Amen. Hallelujah. Who was born of that Jewish maiden that traveled that travail road into the mysterious land of motherhood and came back holding in her arms the only baby that never had an earthly father? His every muscle was a pulley divinely swung. His every nerve was divine handwriting. His every heartbeat was divine pulsation. His every whisper was divine offerings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yet as a man. 
and he said it is finished amen I want to tell you tonight that that men who nobody else would ever vote to succeed has arisen out of the out of the mass of the people to become the tool the weapon in the hand of God amen amen when Samuel went to find a king David's daddy didn't even consider him am I preaching right or not David's daddy didn't even consider him he said that's all my boys Samuel said can't be all your boys oh yes that's that's it that's the crop no no he said you got to have another one somewhere what makes you say that because God sent me here to anoint a king and none of these that have walked before me is he you gotta have oh he said I got a lad out there I got a lad but my friend when you connect that lad with God's ability you've got potential that won't quit I think we'll all stand right now and pray. I think I'll lay your hands on somebody and say, God, let the truth of this break into our hearts right now. Everybody, lay your hand on somebody. Ask God to do it. Hallelujah! Hey, I don't want to sermonize tonight. I don't want to just preach tonight. Amen. I don't want to just take up an hour here tonight. I want God to do something. I want us to realize we've got unlimited potential as we are connected with him. You may be seated when Esther was brought to the palace. I want you to know there was more than beauty involved. She didn't know it. She wasn't aware of it. But there was destiny wrapping itself like a rainbow around her shoulders. If you take the unusual, those who do not look to have any potential, you'd have to stop at Rahab's house. Amen. Rahab would have been voted most likely to fail. Amen. She had absolutely nothing going for her. Amen. 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 If there was only one person in, in Jericho that knew, not Rahab. But it was Rahab. It was Rahab. I'm going to tell you, friend, God's going to use whoever he can link up to in his potential. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elijah was a man that stepped out of nowhere. He didn't have any badger skins on his wall. He didn't have any credentials. Nobody recommended him. There was nothing. And then there was Elijah. 
and he said there'll be no rain except at my word is he God no but time was to prove that he was linked to God he was connected to God amen and Elijah established the principle of God said he established the principle God said God said amen 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 where did God ever tell him there wouldn't be no rain well no but somewhere he had gotten linked to that potential It rained and there was not even dew for three and a half years. And it didn't rain again till he said for it to. I preach to you tonight. He established the principle of speaking for God. What potential? Peter. Peter. You look like a reed. Move by the wind. Yeah. But make way for a rock. Where was the potential in an impetuous Simon Peter? No, it was in his connection. I think we need to jump up and shout hallelujah again, everybody. I think we do. I really do. I think we do. You may be seated. Amen. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah and said, Go to Hezekiah and say to him, You're not going to die. When God had just told him he was. He said, Go to Hezekiah and say, You're not going to die. You're going to live. Isaiah said, Really? You want me to go tell him that? He said, Go. Walked right into the king and said, Notwithstanding what you've heard before, and contrary to everything you might be thinking, you're not going to die. All right. Yes. Right. You're going to live. Right. And he said, God told me to give you a sign. About that time, the sun went, Whoop! back 10 paces. Right. He said, that's your sign. It ain't never done that before. It stopped one time before, but never has moved back. That's your sign. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I'm telling you that our connection is absolutely phenomenal. And because 
because of that connection, our potential is unlimited. Brother Clark was up here talking about $6,000 tonight. Listen, man, when we realize our potential, we'll just stand up and say, I need 25000 tonight, and it'll just come in, and the preacher will stand up and say, hey, don't nobody bring no more. Don't nobody bring any more. I mean, we got potential. I'm so sick of being sick. Last night, Brother Ewan preached to me. And all day today I've been preached to. But last night he said, if, you, if you've got something you need to be healed of, raise your hands. I was not ashamed for one moment to slip, throw, not slip, but throw my hands in the air. I'm so sick of being sick. I'm so sick of God's people being sick. That's why I want to be more like Wayne Mitchell. And I mean that sincerely. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Our potential is unlimited. Somebody said, my brother Spears, you got to be real. You got to face it. Be realistic. The times are against us. Really? The times was against Moses. Come on. But he said, stand still. I think somebody ought to verse from my text. I said, what's that in that hand? He said, it's a rod. He said, throw it down. If we expect the miraculous, we've got to be baptized with a giveaway spirit. Throw it down. Throw it down. The Word says, give and what? Shall be given. Huh? Shall be given. Give and it shall be given you. It didn't say, wait till you get plenty and can afford it. Soul and wait the long winter out or the long summer depending on what kind of part of the world you're in and you'll reap the principle is as it relates to this potential wait wait and it doesn't mean three seconds at the red light after it's turned green. It means just stay there. And it not only means just stay there, it means serve while you're staying there. As a waiter, it also means hang around. But while you're hanging around, be busy. Wait is the principle. The result is renewal. And I thought all y'all shout on that. Wait on the Lord. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll rise.
run and not be weary. You walk and not faint. But you got to pace yourself down to stay connected with the potential. Sons, go bring, go bring some bottles, some buckets, some jugs, some jars. What kind? Any kind. Amen. Amen. What are you going to do with them? Just go bring them. Fat ones? Yeah. Skinny ones? Yeah. Ball-headed ones? Yeah. Amen. Woo! I said fat first, didn't I? That credentialized me to say anything else, didn't it? Amen. Praise God. Bring them in. What are you going to do, Mama? What the man of God said. The potential is there. Hallelujah! The only thing we got to do is stay linked up to that power, our source. I'm going to preach it. The principle is, the last is better than the first. Now, if you don't know what that means, I'm going to tell you. That means the last days are going to be greater than the former days. Now, if you don't believe that, just sit in your seat like a ward on a deal pickle. Amen. But if you believe that God's got the best saved for the last, I want you to jump up and clap your hands together and say praise the Lord. You may be seated. The principle is the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. I know we're not national Israel. But he said, who is among you that has seen this building in its first glory? How do you see it now? The last, I preach tonight, the last is going to be greater than the first. Oh, you don't believe that? He chose Abel over Cain. Cain was first. But he picked Abel. Amen. Esau was first, but he picked Jacob. I'm talking about the principle. Amen. It was the last son of Jesse. He came to his own. Jews had first shot at it. Hallelujah. But his own received him not. 
I'm so glad they didn't receive him. I'm so thankful they didn't receive him. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. In other words, he draped that, uh, that uh, black veil over at least half of one of their eyes and uh, any individual Jew that wants to can walk out and accept it. But as a nation, they rejected him. And since they rejected him, he said, okay, I'm going to turn to the next in line. Man, our potential is unlimited. Our potential is out of this world. Amen. Don't let the devil feed you a bill of goods that we're washed up, that we're has-beens, that we're exes. Not so. The gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. I'm talking about the principle. He saved the best wine till last. That's not a prelude to the trumpet, is it? If it is, I'm ahead of y'all. I'm already up. And by saving the best line to the, uh, wine to the last, he confounded all that was proper. Yes, you serve the good wine to those that know they're enjoying good stuff. Right. And when they've got nine sheets in the wind, you serve them the rot gut. White lightning made down on whiskey chitter. In the woods close to by where I used to pastor. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. But he said, you've, you've reversed this thing. And what I'm trying to say to you tonight is as a church, we're linked up to this. I mean, you can't lose for winning. My brother John has already seen the church in heaven. I'm talking about the principle. He saved the best wine to the last. One day he met a blind man. And he touched him. And he said, what do you see? I see men like trees walking. I mean, it's like an elm and an oak and pine. See men like trees walking. And he said, man, that's fantastic. That's marvelous. My God, that's supernatural. You know, I was blind. And now I can see men like trees walking. You know, folks who've never had nothing, when they get a little bit of God, they, they go crazy. They think, my God, this is it. People that don't know anything about the Holy Ghost, they come to the altar and repent, and the load of sin lifts off of them. They say, oh, that's it. We say, no, get back down there. Yeah. And Jesus said, well, come here, I'll touch you again. He said, touch me again. No, no problem, no need. 
know, it's beautiful. I'll just get me a cane and run me a full page ad in the paper and rent the, the selling arena and have me a big divine healing meeting. I'll give my testimony and take a lot of pledges and I'll see how this thing works out. Because the listen, when you've been not seeing anything and you start seeing men as trees walking, brother, that's an improvement. Yeah, but Jesus said, you wait till I touch you again. I'm talking tonight about the potential of the second touch. Y'all not hearing me. Did you turn this PA off? I said I'm talking tonight about the potential of the second touch. You can be satisfied with mediocrity if you care. You can be satisfied with the status quo if you want to. You can be satisfied with being an also-ran if you want to. But as for me and my house, we're going for the second touch. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mediocrity's not enough. He's got potential unlimited. Elder, we don't have time to dally. Now there's, a, there's a heads and tails to this situation about the early church. The head side is all of Asia heard the word in two years. That's incredible. That's fantastic. And they weren't on channel anything. heard the word but you know something flip side took them 11 years to get to be Christians got the Holy Ghost back at Jerusalem but nobody ever got around to calling them a Christian till Antioch I want to ask you a question tonight if somebody called you a Christian would they be lying on you If you were brought to court to be tried for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> and the disciples were first called Christians about 10, 11 years later at Antioch. I know I'm preaching elementary stuff, but do you know why it was not until Antioch that the early church was called Christians. Hold on now. The first reason that the church was just called Christians at Antioch is because that was the first integrated church. I'm not talking about blacks and whites. I'm talking about Jews and Gentiles. That was the first church integrated. Man, listen up. My God has put together a church and the song the kids sing is yellow, red, black, and white. They are precious in His sight. Well, you don't split your infinitive like I do. And you don't prep your preposition like I do. But I'm going to tell you one thing. By one spirit, are we all baptized in the one body. 
and everyone in this family has the same name. Amen. Second reason they were called Christians at Antioch is because it was at Antioch, the church that got the vision of missionary evangelism. You know what happened? They put their finger on the pulse of His eminence, the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh. Go ye into all the world. Amen. And they got up a collection. And they sent Paul on his first missionary journey. And the Bible said he reported back to the church of God in Antioch. They sent Paul on his second missionary journey. The Bible said he reported back to Antioch. They sent Paul on his third missionary journey. And that time he reported to headquarters. By the way of the chopping block in Rome. Amen. Amen. Back there was a church praying for him, sending him forth. Praise God. On his team, partners in missions with him. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 History tells us that when Paul got ready to be, when they got ready to cut his head off, many another one had had that done before. And and when they let him out of their cell and got to that door that opens into this big arena in the middle of which was this chopping block stained with axe heads and crimson. Many are all of the prisoners when they saw that froze their muscles froze their blood froze and those big soldiers would have to literally break them down and drag them over to the chopping block and force their head down on it while the executioner's axe took their head history tells us when Paul got to that open door he had just blew the ink dry on his letter to Timothy that said I'm now ready to be offered on the old parchment <laughs> blow this thing <laughs> dry so they can roll it up and have somebody mail it when he got to the door and saw that chopping block with one flex of his muscles he broke loose from the guards and he ran with all of his might and bowed down and laid his head down on the chopping block potential you bet your boots if you'll pardon my redneck amen yeah yeah why? He'd already told him, look, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. That's the ultimate objective. That's the ultimate objective. Amen. 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 I want to preach tonight in the waning moments that a beggar lays at our gate. While we're rich. We have the capability and the potential 
to minister to his needs. Instead, the dogs lick his sores. And I don't mean to be crude or uncouth or too rough, but I think the dogs of Mormonism has licked too many sores. I think the dogs of Jehovah's Witnesses have licked too many sores. Any comfort that this world is getting to a large degree is from a short-lived experience that is soothing, that is soothing to them, but not lasting. I think it's time that the linked church, the branch with the vine, realized our potential. I, I want to say this very carefully because it's already been said here tonight and I don't want to tread on what has already been said but when we get the Holy Ghost in our genes at that new birth comes holiness. in our genes it's in that procreative process for he who hath redeemed us is holy and when he comes in the holiness issue is settled as long as we walk with God amen I don't want to I don't want to be rough and I don't want to cross swords with anybody but I want to tell you this, brethren and saints. A baby girl, when she is born, has all of the parts to be a mother. But she's not ready biologically to be a mother yet. We are babes in Christ with His holiness emanating through our bloodstream. But as we walk with Him, we become, we come to the place where He no longer has to feed us a bottle and burp us and change our diapers. We mature into a place of holiness that should be an impacting factor on this world that we don't even know anything about. The potential for holiness is so powerfully strong that if we'll just take a step in the right direction, we will achieve that ultimate, that maximum, the apex, the crest, the summit, the height of where God wants us to go. It's our potential. You say, but the world's getting darker. Then the light is getting brighter. You say, well, sin is getting worse. But holiness is getting better. You say, Brother Spears, don't tell me a person can live holy in this world. I say to you, don't tell me a person can't live holy, holy with his holiness inside of us. Sister Spears, if you 
wherever you're at, if you'll come up here. She's up there. If you'll go to the piano, organ, whichever you want. Amen. We're fixing to sing a song that I never have sung before in my life. As a matter of fact, I just got, I'm just finishing preaching a sermon I've never preached before in my life. about to wrap it up. What I wanted to say in wrapping it up is this. The church, now if you disagree with it, it's okay. It's probably not the first time you're wrong. The church is not perfect. I'm talking about the church as we know it. Now if y'all don't want to say amen, just give me a Baptist nod. The church it's not perfect. But I'm going to tell you where I'm coming from on this. The ark stuck to the high heavens. say the ark stunk, but don't you think it did? Oh, God, what a stinking mess. But nobody wanted out. Nobody wanted out. And I'm going to tell you how I feel about it tonight. I know there's imperfections in the church. The reason I know it is because I'm in it. Man told me one time, said, uh, you might as well just uh, forget it because, uh, you know, I'm not coming to church because there's too many hypocrites in it. I said, come on, one more won't matter. Yeah, there's imperfections in the church. But I'm going to serve notice on all of you and all the holy angels and all the demons in hell and Satan himself. I ain't about to get out of it. Because some that happy morning when we've climbed our last mountain, resisted the last devil, overcome the last temptation, set notice in the last time, been called everything but a child of God for the last time. I'm going to hear the silver bugle blow. I'm going to pick up one foot and it won't come down. Pick up the other foot and it won't come down. Goodbye! Hallelujah! I'm gone! Everybody jump up as if this was the sound of the trumpet right now. Just jump up and say hallelujah. many people here that know this song and could sing it but I I'm sorry it's my night I'll sing it myself
Never have sung it before on planet Earth. Didn't even know the words of it. Had to make two or three telephone calls today to get the words of it. Amen. Not sure of the tune of it. But with people, singers like me, don't matter whether you got the right tune or not, you can sing as good out of tunes you can into. This is what it says. A loser without direction. I wandered aimlessly. We didn't know what key, that's good. Lost in a place called nowhere. Forgotten by humanity. Watch this line now. And when they spoke a potential, they did not refer to me. Cause anyone could see so plainly what I was.
place going nowhere <laughs> forgotten by human when they talked about potential Somebody, come on! Oh, what I was, he 
going to do a worship tonight. Yeah, he saw that what I was. He saw. 